Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Meal, One Workout, your new approach to food and fitness. Brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Butler and Don Sullivan. Hello, everyone. Uh, I can honestly say I'm extremely excited to be here. I am fired up, ready to go, and rock and roll. And uh, that's about as cheesy as I can be. That's all the colloquialism, I mean, cliches I can think of to put in one sentence right now. Um, anyway, yeah, just this week, Sunday, I ran uh, basically a 5K for the first time in, since mid-September uh, with pretty much no pain. Uh, you know, I did one in mid-September, and I walked the last two half two miles of it, and almost in tears. Uh, rested a couple of weeks, went and did the tough mutters, did about five miles of that in tears. <laughs> Came home, went through physical therapy. Uh, still working on it, but I actually was able to go and I, I ran about a mile and a half or two miles of it, and came back home and was not hurting more than when I left. If that's that's what I mean by mostly pain free. So you ran a five k or just ran five k. Yeah, just 5K. I didn't participate in one. No. Okay. I didn't pay for one. Sorry. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty exciting because I, uh, I felt good. But before I go too much further about myself, let me introduce, because I'm so apt to not do this, my illustrious co-host, Mr. Mark Cockrell, the hand, man behind, the hand behind the machine. The man behind the machine. How's it going, Mark? <laughs> I'm doing all right, Aaron. And I know that you can do better uh, with the uh, cliches than you did. I know I'll, you can. I'll, I'll try to do better. Let's see if I can do. And our other third of our trifecta, the third amigo, the third stooge, the uh, the third person of the group. And that I ran out again, Mark. I didn't do any better. Don R. Sullivan. Hey, Don. Gentlemen. <laughs> and he loses uses that term loosely as he should. <laughs> Indeed. So anyway, Don, Don, what's going on with you? Oh, my feet hurt. Uh, hurt. My my feet hurt. Yeah, and not for the usual. I've been walking around all day. Yeah, I've had mishaps with my feet recently, and it's kind of been a little bit distressing. It's made my my running very. I'm having to run very gingerly, I guess. Can you be um, more specific. Well, I, I want to. I can try and be specific, but I don't want to be too graphic or anything. But uh, <laughs> well, see, I've got on my left foot, my big toe. I accidentally. Um, dropped a metal toolbox with a ratchet set with all my ratchets in it, all of my sockets basically, on the end of my toe and busted it open. That's um, fun. Probably two weeks ago, and that's still healing. Uh, and I was still running because I'm determined to keep running. And uh, probably two or three days after that, I uh, was making a turn in a cul-de-sac to come back out of the cul-de-sac and wearing my vibrance. Um, it was, uh, behind me. I was going in the opposite direction. Okay. And whenever I went to turn around, uh, I just scraped that toe on the ground and in another part just opened it up and I'm, I was in my vibrams. I still have no idea how I did it because the vibrams are untouched, but my foot is very much worse for wear. So I've been been a little bit hobbly on it for the past week or so. Is it, is it getting better? It is quite a bit, yeah. Um, and actually, I went last night and participated for the first time in P90X. I had not mm. done anything. Of course, heard plenty of 
about it, had not done any of the exercises. Well, I didn't know I had done any of the exercises, but I actually had pulled some off the internet and done some on my own. But I actually went and with a couple of friends, watched the video and did the plyometrics night. They're kind of already midstream in, uh, I guess, a couple of nights in. Plyometrics being the run, uh, not running, the jumping, squatting, squat jumps, jump squats, squat squats, all that kind of good stuff, night. And, uh, <laughs> jump jumps, yeah. All Basically, all legs, nothing but legs, and you need to stay in the air for as much of the night as possible. And then I went and tried to run again today, and uh, <laughs> I, I need a break. So maybe we should uh, revisit our tip on don't overdo it when you're first starting out, because it sounds like you're in overdo it territory right now. <laughs> well, like I say, I've done some of the exercises, and I've been running, and I still feel like I'm, I don't feel like I lost a lot, even though I took a pretty extended break from running. I don't feel like I'm way behind other than maybe an endurance. Um, I don't think I could do a full 5K right now unless I was really pushing myself. Um, but I can still go run 20 minutes. I just don't get as far. But uh, the cardio wasn't a big deal, and the exercises weren't a huge deal last night. Um, you get you get worn down doing as many reps as they were doing, but I've yeah. felt capable doing it. There wasn't anything that I couldn't do. So well, You know, your quads are your biggest muscle on your body, and so... They tend to be the most sore. I know after I did the Tough Mudder, I literally walked like John Wayne after a 30-mile trail ride the next day, you know, getting up out of chairs and everything. My thighs were so sore, but, but that's cool. Let me know how you, how you like the P90X. I have the, I borrowed the stretching one, just the stretching one from my friend Don, Don, you're Don, from my friend Joshua, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, yeah, um, talking about your feet, Don, this is, this is a total side note. I totally destroyed my big toe. Mark, I don't know if you remember this from college, seeing my big toe walking around the house because you and I were roommates, but my right big toe, I I won't even go into all the things that I did to it, dropping on it and hitting it and breaking it and ripping the toenail backwards and all this kind of stuff. But it had a nice, probably, what's that, a half inch long uh, V out of it where the toenail was just gone. You know, the end of it split right down the middle with a V. The Tough Mudder actually fixed it. Because the nail <laughs> came my, off? I, well, it never came off, but I jammed it into my knee, my into the front of my shoe so lo- so hard for so long that I guess it pulled a lot of it loose. And as it grew back out, it just grew on out the rest of the way. And now it's almost there's a little tiny line you can see, but there's no more V. It's pretty funny. Congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> and my other toe is still pitch black. My other toenail is still pitch black. It's going to come off. You know, I don't know when, but but it's still uh, it's pretty it's pretty bad. <laughs> So, um, Mark, you got anything you want to throw in here before well, I, we go I, I on? I think we may, maybe we need to tr- change the name of this show to Podiatry Weekly because uh, it's all about the feet <laughs> so far. But um, I had actually a, a weird phantom sort of injury uh, occur this weekend. My my little pinky toe. You had to watch uh, Star Wars Episode One. Yeah, yeah, that was that would be a phantom in- injury, definitely. Um, uh, my little pinky toe just started hurting a lot and swelled up a lot, but it never turned blue. Like, like you'd expect it, like if I had whacked a p- on a piece of furniture or something. Um, but it didn't turn really red either. It just kind of swelled and hurt and, uh, it got so bad. I went to the doctor and had x-rays and, uh, we were thinking there might be some sort of tumorous growth or something in there. But the x-rays all came out. The blood work came out normal. He was thinking it might be gout. Gout is typically caused by an excess of, uh, um, uh, uric acid in the blood and they crystallize in the joints. 
but my uric acid content was normal. So what we're calling it right now is a gout-like event. <laughs> Something happened to my foot. It hurt a whole bunch. Um, like 2008 election. I'm on, yeah, I'm on this uh, really strong anti-inflammatory medication, and it's getting better. But we still have no idea what caused it. It was just some weird, and I think it was just sympathy pains. Knowing that we, what you guys have been going through with your feet, apparently that's what it is. We've like <laughs> we've become the uh, Karamazov brothers, and uh, I didn't know it. Well, you know, I was just saying that um that I got a, the the yoga the X stretch video from from my friend borrowed it from my friend um I use the term borrow loosely and uh, so in the news this week I stumbled across New York Times one of my favorite places to go just for fitness news pretty much nothing else uh, I stumbled across this article um it's called how yoga can wreck your body and I, I won't go into a whole lot of detail on it because that's not what we do in this segment. But it was talking about how even like yoga masters get hurt doing yoga, which is supposed to be this healing balm to your soul and your body. But, uh, you know, doing a headstand for like an hour can cause narrowing of the carotid arteries. And, and this actual yogi was in India with this super master yogi guy who went to something called a spine twist or something. And he watched three of the guy's ribs just break while he was in the position. Yikes. So, <clears throat> Talk about exercising and doing a little bit to your body when you're exercising. So I'm just saying this out there. Yoga is really growing in popularity in the United States. And like the point the article makes, it was developed by people who in India originally who spent most of their time sitting cross-legged on the ground or squatting, not by overweight white males that sit at a desk all day. And so if you're thinking about doing P90X, the X-Stretch yoga video, or you're just going to go join a yoga class, take it easy. Be careful. Don't push yourself to the point of pain. It's okay to not be able to do Crouching Tiger, Hidden Llama the first time you go. So uh, that's my point on that in the news. Any comments, gentlemen? I, I'm just still reeling from the Hidden Llama yeah, statement. Yeah, well, I, I don't quite know how to handle that. But uh, Indeed. where, in fact, did you hide the llama or do I even yeah. want to know? Uh, I, I've always thought yoga is, uh, you know, just proof of how crazy you are it's like the better you are at it the more insane you actually are um because you know it's it's you know extend your right toe and stick it up your nose and and breathe deeply and um, hold yeah and hold for 45 <laughs> minutes and it will be a peaceful calming thing um no thanks yeah i don't need to get my shakira lined out that's for sure uh, <laughs> so anyway without further babbling i want to introduce our guest for the week mr steve cam of nerdfitness.com great site i encourage you to get in there and and check it all out and uh just gonna go ahead and bring steve on magically now go well we're happy to have back with us through the magic of the internet back with us slash still here with us mr steve cam of nerdfitness.com com. If this, if you're just picking up on this episode, pause your podcast. No, you can't do that because you have to use it to listen to your other one. After you're done listening to this one, go back and listen to the other <laughs> one. Um, episode, uh, I believe it would be 28, uh, where we we introduced Steve and the Nerd Fitness Rebellion and everything that is to do with that. Uh, it was really a, you know, we just kind of touched the surface of it. it. Steve's an interesting guy. It's a lot of fun, and um, there's a lot you could learn just uh, in general. Just going to nerdfitness.com. I encourage you to go ahead and. Take a look at that. But today we're going to talk to Steve about fitness in general. Um, you know, what fitness is for him, how he, how he really got involved in fitness. We heard a little bit of that last week, but maybe jump into that a little bit more. And then, uh, just some general topics about that. And I'm going to let Don R again take the lead on this a little bit. It's good for him. It's good practice. Excellent. Give me an opportunity to shut, me an opportunity to shut up for a change. So Don, go. 
uh, Steve, welcome back here still again. Hi. <laughs> All right. Again, so smooth. Let's just jump into it. So uh, we got into this a little bit before, but uh, it was more on the nerdy side. And how did you start the website side? How did you actually get into fitness? Um, you talked about not about getting cut from the basketball team, but where did you really make the decision that you were going to get fit? Or, or did you even have that eureka moment where you decided that you really needed to uh, to make a change? Uh, well, it, and honestly, it, it really started with the, when I got cut from the basketball team, all through the rest of high school and all through college, I would go to a gym and work out. And I read, you know, I, I, again, I had no clue what I was doing. So I read Muscle and Fitness Magazine and, you know, the workouts that are essentially designed for bodybuilders on steroids. And not surprisingly, I got absolutely no results in six years of working out. Uh, and <laughs> Very, very disheartening, depressing, disappointing. After Muscle and Fitness, uh, the magazine for the average guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after after college, I moved out to San Diego with my brother and signed up for a gym membership. And they offered me a couple of free personal trainer sessions. Uh, and at that point, I was like, "Oh man, I've been working out for six years in a gym, and I know exactly what I'm talking about and what I'm doing, and I don't need those." But okay, fine. I'll guess I'll go and listen to what this guy has to say. And within um, Within those three sessions, like it, it radically adjusted my my fitness philosophy uh, and my diet. And within 30 days, honestly, I saw better results in 30 days than I did in my previous six years of of daily workouts and everything. And that was kind of my moment where I realized, like, okay, maybe there's more to this than reading a muscle and fitness magazine and and whatever. It's actually so much more important your diet that most people don't think about. Uh, and that was kind of my eureka moment. And I thought, you know, if it took me six years of mistakes to figure out that, okay, maybe you need to eat right and work out in order to get results you're looking for, then maybe there are other people out there that are have the same issues. And that's when I started. That's when the idea kind of formed in my head for, for nerd fitness. Very cool. It's amazing to me, and I did not know this about you, that you were doing this for, that you were doing the, the gym thing, the workout thing for six years before you ever ever had any kind of results and i just wonder you know how many people yep. never get to six years yeah <laughs> that shows I, I would quite have a to imagine quite a few level of fortitude there um as a quick side note my my son just came in he's five steve we talked about this in our previous episode and and mouth to me over the top of my computer i beat the boss and got three coins <laughs> <laughs> he leveled so, up he leveled up as we're nice. speaking awesome <laughs> So as far as, as fitness goes, Steve, and again, we've talked about the website and we talked about the business and all that, but as far as you personally, um, especially since your story is so different from the three very large men that you're staring at right now on, uh, on the Google Hangout, where did you start as far as fitness is concerned? Where and where are you now? Yeah, uh, honestly, I, I understand that I, I'm, coming, I'm coming at this from the opposite end of the spectrum uh, as everybody else. I was growing up, I was very, very skinny um, and very weak. And so you were the 90 pound weakling who got sand kicked in his face at the beach. <laughs> right. Yeah. I got, you know, pushed around any time playing sports at recess. I got pushed around. Uh, a stiff breeze would blow me over. It just, <laughs> it, it was just, a, I was just kind of a weakling. Um, and it wasn't until I had got cut from the basketball team. And that's when I had that kind of moment like, okay, maybe you should start doing something about it. Now everybody says, "Oh man, you're so lucky. You're so skinny, and you can 
eat what you want and not put on weight. It's like, well, when you're really skinny and your sole goal is to try to build muscle and put on weight, it, you, it's freaking impossible. So yeah. for as hard as it is for a lot, for everybody to, to lose weight, um, it's as hard for me to gain weight. Um, and which end of and, the spectrum, I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, yeah, sure. but get used to it. I do that. Uh, <laughs> which does. end of the spectrum do you find most of your clients on? Are they the fat guy needing to get thin or the skinny guy wanting to get bulked? I would say it's generally 90% would be the overweight um, trying to get thin. It's okay. And, you can say fat on the show. We're okay with the yeah, F word okay. here. Nine, yeah, 90% of the, the fat guys or fat women trying to lose weight and, and get in shape. Um, and although everybody's coming from the di- different ends of the spectrum, we're all working towards the middle. And that's, you know, a life of healthy eating and, you know, a, a level of fitness that you're happy with. And for some people that might be uh, being able to do a pull-up. For somebody else that might be, you know, running around with your kids or, or for somebody else that might be running a marathon. You know, everybody's kind of got that different level, but we're all working for, we're all working towards the same goal and that's a better life. Yeah, I call it approaching average. That's what, I, <laughs> that's what I'm shooting for. Um, because you know, for so long, I, I don't know if Steve, if you saw any of the stuff on the one mill workouts out or anything for about the last, well, probably since high, since my third year, my, my, my first senior year of college, uh, <laughs> of three, uh, I've, I weighed about between three thirty, three forty, and 400 pounds. And so I was on the far right bell curve of average. And so my goal in the last year and a half has been to approach average. You know, I'm, I've gone from the four X to the three X to the two X to the one X shirts and so i'm trying to get to that average and you know skinny guys are the same way on the other end like you're talking about you know they they can't find pants that'll stay up on them because they have no <laughs> hips to hold them up i have a friend that has dealt with that for years um you know or if they get the ones that fit their waist and that they don't come in a length that actually goes to the, the ground um and so it's, it's the opposite problem but it's <clears throat> it's a problem either way everybody wants to be healthy everybody wants to be fit you know able to do what they want to do when they want to do it like one of our other guests that was his definition being able to uh, fitness, being able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And just because you're skinny does not mean you're healthy. There are plenty of really skinny, really unhealthy people. So the goal is, is better health and, and a better life today than it was yesterday. So whether you're 400 pounds or a hundred pounds, there are, there is a better life or better version of you kind of waiting to pop out. Right. At global gym, we're better than you. And we know it. <laughs> Sorry. And do a little, a uh, uh, little, uh, dodgeball. Yeah, and that's um, we hearkened back to a lot of uh, of things we say in previous episodes. But you're really hitting on a lot of the stuff that that we we like to talk about a lot. You know, Aaron has been uh, one of his New Year's resolutions is to be able to do a pull up by the end of the year, just one, a real one. Uh, you know, one of the reasons that he got started doing what he's doing is to be able to run around with his now five year old son. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a six seven month old daughter now. Oh God, that's scary. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to be able to to run and play and, and actually take her outside. And like I, what I did whenever I was a kid, I was uh, building my nerd cred all through elementary, middle and high school. So, you know, it's um it's a lot of the stuff that that we talk about. There's there's definitely a better life out there for people. And it's sad the folks that don't realize it and, and how easy it really is. Uh, we talk a lot about how, you know, the stuff that you do every day and you just don't think about it. And that's really what just kills people. And if you can just put enough thought into it to just kind of do those little things differently, that it makes a huge difference. Yeah. You know, nerds in general are, are some of the smartest people out there. Um, but we're so stupid a lot of times about the things we do with our body. We put all our mental energy on 
leveling up on the game instead of leveling up in life, like you're talking right. about, Steve. So, you know, and just uh, to go back to what Don says, and to say I want to keep be able to keep up with my son, that's saying something. If you ever met my son, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Steve, he is I, a I'm ball so- of energy. I'm sorry. Uh, this is a, a subjective question that you may not be able to answer, but Ooh. in your experience, how many years have you, have you been doing this now? Uh, uh, getting work or working out or the, working the out nerd fit. fitness thing. Uh, just past three years now. Okay, in the three th- years that you've done this and the experiences that you have, do you think that either end of the spectrum has a harder time than the other? Is it harder to lose weight or to gain weight, or is it about the same? Um, I think. Honestly, I would say it's probably dif- more difficult for uh, on average or the, the average for people to lose weight. Um, and for that reason, I think for that reason is because, you know, you can only be so much underweight, if that makes sense. Um, but you can be severely overweight. And right. I think I think there's there's definitely a, a stronger lack of, of confidence and self-confidence and things of that nature with with really overweight people. And I think that's such a roadblock for those folks. And they just kind of they 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 kind of give up and don't think that you know they're they're already beyond that point of no return when in reality they aren't. Um, and I I think there are so many more things other than just size, but you know psychologically that that make it more difficult for the you know the severely overweight person to to make that change and get to you know approaching average compared to that's the the skinny guy that just needs to eat a bunch more calories. Right. I think part of it is. That that 350 pound person has physical stresses on their body that sometimes will tend to make them not want to exercise as opposed to just being a little physically weaker maybe, Great you know. Point. And that you know that's for me that was the thing I just had to for the first six months I just had to tell myself, you know I don't care if I'm tired I don't care if I'm achy you know I, I've just got to go ahead and do this and it will get better, and um, and it did as I you know as the weight came off so. so Absolutely what kind of stuff- there. What kind of stuff do you do as far as working out? You know, I, I know we can probably go on the website and find all the details of as you've talked about different things. But I mean, Don had a great great question here in the show notes. I know you've been traveling a lot. So what did you do to stay in shape on the road? Did you put a kettlebell in your toiletry kit, or did you? Uh, uh, that's Don's joke, by the way, for those out there listening. That was his. TSA <laughs> does not allow kettlebells as a carry on. That's right. Yeah. Did you? I mean, what, what kind of stuff do you do when you're traveling? Sure. Uh, well, before traveling, I was definitely a gym guy. And by gym, I don't mean like I run on a treadmill and then go pick up some dumbbells and do bicep, you know, bicep curls and get out of there. Like, I love old school strength training, like plates and bars and deadlifts and squats and overhead presses, just super basic. My gym workouts generally consist of three or four exercises and that's it. Um, uh, I'm in and out of there in 45 minutes. I, I yeah, love lifting I keep, weights it, I keep weights. it super simple. I try to lift as heavy as possible while keeping good form and uh, get out of there with, you know, dripping in sweat, but out of there in 45 minutes. Uh, while traveling, obviously, I didn't have access to a gym or anything of that nature. And I was really worried that I was going to not get, um, I was really worried my, my level of fitness was going to decrease. So I put a tremendous um, amount of effort into research on bodyweight exercises and finding a way to really focus on strength training um, for for bodyweight stuff. Now, you know, most people think like, well, you, okay, you can do some push-ups and squats, and and that's about it. You know, what what do you do from there? But you can actually level up each exercise as well. For example, going from push-ups all the way up to handstand push-ups or squats to one-legged squats. Uh, every town I got to, I would wander around until I found either a tree branch or a 
roof overhang or a bus stop or a kid's swing set so that I could do pull-ups on it. Uh, I, I was really exercising anywhere and everywhere uh, as cool. every other day or so doing uh, super intense bodyweight exercises to, to build strength and muscle. From one weightlifter to another, what's your body weight and how much do you press? Uh, let's, uh, which kind of press? Bench press. Bench. Uh, let's see. I just, I, I, you know, I just got back in the gym yesterday for the first time, but I could probably, I weigh about 165 and I could probably bench, I don't know, 205, 210 maybe. That's pretty um, awesome. But again, I haven't been, in, I, that was my first time benching the other day in 12 months. Other than that, it's been, um, uh, just bodyweight exercises. I will tell you that I can do nine handstand pushups, uh, up against a wall or hopefully doing 10 soon. So although it might not be a lot of weight that I'm moving around, I can do some pretty cool bodyweight stuff because that's where my focus has been for the past 12 months. I remember reading an article uh, years ago and probably muscle, you know, muscle and fitness, because that's what I read too. And I needed to get in shape originally. Uh, <laughs> Uh, from about Arnold talking about traveling and he was staying in a hotel and you know, his level of fitness at the time was pretty high. This is pre governorship, um, pre tag. <laughs> and he was talking about, you know, a lot of guys would just go eat the big dinner and go back to the hotel room and go to sleep. But he instead opted for like a protein shake. And then he ran like 15 flights of stairs and then did, you know, 50 handstand pushups and 30 dips on the chair, you know, all, all those kind of things like you're talking about just for the yep. same reason is that fitness was his livelihood at the time. And it was what he was focused on, and you just he just did what he had to do, and I think that's cool. You know, that's I I had never really thought about trying to really hit the body weight stuff because I don't travel that much, but uh, that's a that's a great thing to do. We've talked about some in other episodes about doing simple exercises you can do at home with no weights. Yep, and that might be something we need to obviously you know uh, go back and level up on on the <laughs> on the show here. I think that'd be great. So, Steve, you talked about, um, and I think you. I think you are the one that pushes uh, that 80% of of what's going to make a difference for people is their diet. You can do all these exercises, but like you said, you took six years of, of being in the gym all the time, and it never really made a difference until you realized that that body or that uh, sorry that diet was was going to make the difference yep. for you. Um, and we talk about we throw a lot of these ideas around at one meal one workout. We don't push anyone in particular, but we're always interested in in hearing about and and educating folks on uh, different types of diet. And I know that you're big on the paleo diet. So give us the Reader's Digest version of, of what the paleo diet is and how it works. Sure. Uh, I'll give it to you in, in a couple sentences. One, it's genetic, you know, eat like we're genetically designed to eat. Um, and what that really breaks down to is, look, we're all, we're all smart people. So start eating real food and stop eating crap. You know, if it grew on the ground, flew through the air, ate grass or swam in the ocean, it's probably good for you. And if it came out of a drive through window or a vending machine, it probably isn't. So maximize the good stuff, minimize the bad stuff. And uh, that is the paleo diet in a nutshell. So it doesn't count if parts of what came through the drive through used to <laughs> eat grass? <laughs> Not actually flew. Whatever and yeah, run through this and added to that and whatever. Uh, minimal ingredients, you know, it's meat, fish, eggs, vegetables, fruits, nuts and seeds, you know, eat, eat that stuff and cut out the, the processed crap and it, you can make a pretty, pretty good transformation if you can stick with it. Now is that, is that typically, do you, do you go so far as to do the raw vegetables and things like that? Or other than like everybody eats celery raw and, and carrots raw, but I'm, are you, is it a raw vegetable, slightly seared, barely dead meat type diet? You know, I think caveman, that's what I'm thinking of. 
somebody right. knocking well, something you know, in the head. Some, some people are really intense about this stuff and will take it, you know, to that hundred percent and only eat things at certain times of the year and whatever. Personally, I don't, I don't take it that far. Personally, you're uh, not crazy. Yeah, I kind of recommend the, uh, I think it's a Teddy Roosevelt quote, but do the best you can with what you have, where you are, and you're going to be in situations where you're not going to be able to eat right, or the grocery store is going to be out of this thing or that thing, you know, aim for 80% proficiency and allow yourself to have some bad meals during either during the week or on a weekend or have a couple beers and hot wings and pizza while watching football. And then right. get back right back on the train the next day. Uh, so I, I generally aim for eighty percent proficiency. Um, if if cooking vegetables makes them more appealing to you, then freaking a man, cook them. Whatever's going <laughs> to get you to eat those things, you got to start somewhere. And uh, right, and then you know you can once you kind of get to that level, you can branch out and try new things and different vegetables and different ways to prepare things. So do what you need to do to get started, and then make your adjustments from there. Yeah, that's you know that's. What I, what I tell people a lot of times is just make the best choice you can make in the meal that you're at. You know, if you end up at McDonald's with your friend, don't turn your nose up at it and say, I don't eat McDonald's, you know, with your best British royalty accent and walk out uh, with your nose stuck up in the air. Just oh, exactly. Just order, or your monocle, your hand monocle, uh, right. just order whatever you can. It's the health, you know, like for me, McDonald's used to mean a double meat quarter pounder, a large order of fries and two or three large Dr. Peppers. And now it's like the little tiny burger and a and the, the the value fry and some kind of zero calorie drink. You know, it's like eighteen hundred calories to six hundred calories. So yeah, it's still <laughs> McDonald's hamburger. You know, it's still processed flour and fried food. But I'm just not killing myself with it. You know, and my, the rest of my diet offsets it enough that it doesn't yep. it doesn't destroy me like it was doing before. Yep. And Steve, I think you you've mentioned this a lot, and it's something that we like to talk about too. That you really can't just kill yourself with this stuff. I mean, you've got to go at a level that you can actually live with. I think you even mentioned in in your post today that, uh, that you did uh, just kind of giving an overview of what is nerd fitness and how do you start to participate in the rebellion and all that sort of thing that, um, and it was about, it was about exercise instead of diet, but it definitely ties in that, you know, if you meet somebody that says, I don't like to exercise or, or whatever, that just means that they've never found an exercise that they like. Yep, and there's plenty of different ways to do it. There's plenty of different things out there. There's plenty of different options, and all it really takes for a lot of folks is just to explore everything that's out there. And it's definitely something we harp on a lot. Absolutely, but it's it's huge. So, um, as far so what as you're saying, goes, it, what you're saying, Don, is as far as coming in at the right level, I wouldn't want to go by Modern Warfare and play it on insane the very first time if I've never played a first-person shooter. Correct. Right. You're going to not be successful. And you're going to hate it, and then you're going to give up. So start. <laughs> I just keep dying. That's what I'd say. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. That's a good point, Steve. I, I, I like that. Just thought I'd tie the whole nerd thing in there. But people Don, don't stand the in the question? respawn zone of life. Uh, that's, that's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> you're camping on my spawn slot. Come on. <laughs> so, um, let me. I'm going to steal Don's question here because it was such a good one. What do you tell people? Say, say you're at the grocery store. And you bump into somebody and you start up a conversation with them and they start talking about, maybe they see that you've got something healthy on the conveyor belt and they say, man, I should have been buying that. I don't know, Bavarian yogurt. I'm just making that up instead of, you know, this pound of chocolate that I bought, you know, you're obviously a fit guy. What would, what would you tell them other than go to nerdfitness.com and get in the forums and sign up and subscribe and all that. If, if you take that whole thing out of there, 
Uh, what would you tell that person that you met happenstancely on some world traveling tour? Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I would ask is why? Like find out if they ha- what their reasoning is for wanting to lose weight or get in shape. Uh, everybody that, that comes to me and says, uh, Steve, I need help and I want to lose weight. And I'll say, okay, fine. Do this and then do this and this. And then they email me back and say, well, I don't really have time for this. And what if I do this instead? And, but I'm just going to try this instead. But uh, how, how does that sound? And I'll say, well, okay, come back to me when you're ready. Um, yeah. you know, I want to <laughs> waste your time. And clearly I, I'm wasting yours apparently or your, you know, so. Right. I, I would find out from them what the reason is. If, Choir. If, if they don't have a good reason for getting in shape, then they're going to give up the first second that something jump. you know, the first time they get sick or there's a birthday or they go on vacation. They'd be like, oh, whatever, I'm not really interested. But if, you know, I'm going to get in shape because I just had a kid and I want to be around for his high school graduation when my father wasn't around for mine. Or there's this cute girl in class that I want to impress. And she, I know she likes to run, so I want to run eventually. Or I just made a bet with my coworkers and I can win 500 bucks if I can. I don't care what your reason is, just have one. <laughs> and for people come to me that don't have a reason, then I'll tell them, come back to me when you have one. And right. then I can help you from there because then they'll actually listen to the advice I give them and make those changes and positive corrections in their lives. Yeah, general sense of malaise is not usually a good motivator. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of feel like I need to lose some weight. Right. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't work for anyone. No. So, uh, Don has another great question here. I'm just going to jump in, Don. What's the coolest thing you've done so far? Um, you know, you've got the, I encourage everybody to go in and look at the whole leveling up thing, um, that you've got on your website, but there's not enough time to cover it all in an episode. We should have done a a six week series on this, uh, (laughs) on Steve Cam, but, uh, I'd be sick of me after six weeks. (laughs) (laughs) We'd space them out. We'd interject something, but anyway, uh, what, what is the, on your, your last year travel or anything? Obviously uh, some cool things must've been quitting your day job and finding the success of your website and those kind of things. But on a purely just, this was kick butt fun. Awesome. What was the, one of the, the, in the last, in 2011, uh, what was the, what was the coolest thing you got to do or go or where or any, however you want to answer the question. Let's see. Um, actually uh, I have a couple, they're all tied. One would, I flew a stunt plane in New Zealand. Um, I, I found this website and, I was in a town. I hadn't even heard of it. And it turns out you, you literally get to get in the cockpit of a stunt biplane and hold on to the controls and do barrel rolls and corkscrews and uh, things of that nature. And I was, I was wow. raised on Top Gun. So uh, to actually be able to get a chance to fly an airplane while cracking Top Gun jokes and making Top Gun posts <laughs> was... Uh, Got to fly into the danger <laughs> zone just to get mine in there. Yeah. yeah. Did you get to, did you get to do a Himmelman? That's all I want to know. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was I would say that uh, that was really cool too. I got scuba certified in the Great Barrier Reef, and then the probably the coolest, most nerve wracking, um, ex- ter- terrifying thing I did was I got to be a guest lecturer at Google in San Francisco. Um, and as a wow. nerd, I'm sure other nerds out there can appreciate this, but I am terrified that's, of public speaking. That's the holy uh, land. So. Uh, to to get in front of to to go and visit Google headquarters and see all the cool things that they have there and then get in front of a group of Google employees and teach them how to eat right and set goals and everything was very cool but oh my god freaking nervous um, but I, got, <laughs> I got through it and I had a blast with it and now I get to you know I get to say oh yeah I was a Google guest lecturer which is 
still funny to me because I'm just a guy that likes to play video games and write articles in his underwear. So uh, that was kind of the coolest thing. <laughs> At least thing you I wear underwear. I- <laughs> so do, did your noise, did your voice actually quiver? I found I, the few- no, to be honest with you, it, it, it's uh, up on the, the Google Talks page. And I think in the first couple of minutes, I'm pretty nervous. But by the end of it, I kind of hit my stride and uh, go from there. But I think in the very beginning, yeah, you can definitely tell that I'm nervous. Well, it helps. You know, I've done quite a bit of public speaking myself, and it it helps when you're talking about a something you're passionate about and b something you know about. You know, because once you get into that zone of really just past the who you are and introducing yourself and kind of feeling the 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 temperature of the crowd, and you're just talking about what you know and you're passionate about it, then you kind of forget. Mm-hmm. You know that yep. and you just go on. So absolutely. Uh, Don, Don, just put a thing in the chat. Steve it says Aaron is turning into a robot. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm pixelating, you know, a frame chopping. Uh, yeah, I did not mean you're turning to Optimus Prime, but that you were actually, uh, your voice quality was going out. So that would have been impressive if you actually turned into Optimus Prime. Yeah, Steve, Steve you would have been really glad to have been here on the show today for that. So. Do you have any idea so what kind of ratings we would get on this podcast if Aaron could turn into Optimus Prime? <laughs> <laughs> well, only if we had video of it. Yeah. I can practice my impersonation a little bit more. I could, I could come up with something, you know. <clears throat> the guy that, that does the voice of him is it's pretty funny because he's just this average gray-haired old guy. And then he switches from, hello, I'm just this average gray-haired guy to Optimus Prime. <laughs> you know, just like that. It's, it's all, I love voiceover actors. I'd love to be one of those. But Well, Don, Mark, do you have any more uh, questions for Steve on our our second of two episodes with him? Tons, but I think he's going to be busy out saving the world. So we'll let Somebody's him go. So right. will there be an epic quest of awesomeness part two, a sequel in the near future? You know, I don't know. I, I'm actually excited to hang my clothes in a closet and um, sleep in the same bed for more than more than three days in a row. So I think I'm going to devote the next couple of months to, to really getting in the best peak physical shape of my life. Uh, and combine that with some cool Jason Bourne type stuff, like taking, you know, mixed martial arts classes and gun classes and things of that, you know, so I can become like a super secret agent or something. So you want to be Chuck, don't you? You want to be Chuck? Admit it. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll start. I, I do kind of want to be Chuck. Okay, you got it. Um, we all, yeah, all want to be Chuck. That, and then who knows? I might hit the road again, or I'll um, I'll probably end up having a home base and then going away for a couple of weeks every couple of months to cross a couple other things off the list. So did you travel alone during that whole year? I did. I have, I have a good friend who's a pilot. Um, we've been friends since first grade and he came to, he came and met up with me, uh, a couple of weeks along the way. Like we met up in Peru, we met up in Thailand and then just recently we met up in South Africa. So, uh, but other than that, yeah, I was completely solo for the other, you know, 11 months of the trip. Wow. That was probably a whole psychological study of its own, just being alone that long. Absolutely. Interesting. So, well, if you ever come to Atlanta, I'm actually based out of Atlanta. Uh, the other guys here are, none, none of the three of us are in the same town. Don is down in Southeast Atlanta, Southeast Atlanta, Southeast Georgia. Mark is up east of Dallas, like I said. Um, but if you're ever going to fly to Atlanta, I'd, I'd love to meet you at the airport and buy you dinner or something. Oh, absolutely. I actually, before, when I quit, um, I was in Atlanta. I lived there for three years. So I have a huge group of friends and former coworkers and everything in Atlanta. So I definitely come through there quite a few times a year. So let's, uh, let's definitely stay in touch and let's make that happen. Cool. If you ever need, uh, if you ever need some fat guy advice for somebody on your site, just pass them on, give them my email address or whatever. And I'll be glad to to give them what I can. If we have, if we end up with one skinny listener on one minimal workout, we'll send them your way. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> since we find the one the one the one, the one. skinny listener <laughs> so, all right steve appreciate your time man 
Absolutely. My pleasure, Have guys. Have a great night. Fantastic. All right. So all of 2011, the, well, the six months that we did the 2011 show, we did a eat less, eat more, no, exercise more tip. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to tell people to eat more usually. And uh, pretty much burn those out. And so uh, your ongoing tip for eat less, exercise more is listen to this podcast. So we're switching it and we're going to do, going to try to do, uh, I'm trying to get my wife in on this and, and she's helping me out, uh, a healthy recipe each week. It might be one she's come up with. It might just be a particular website or whatever. So I thought this week, the first one, I'm going to go with the big daddy of them all, uh, a company I respect for what they do and how they do it. And I think it's the pretty much the best quote unquote diet plan out there because it's not really a diet plan. It, it just helps you learn to regulate your eating. And that is, of course, say it all together, Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers. Let's try that again. Say it all together. Wait, 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 wait. Man, we're terrible at that. Okay. So Mark's anyway, just antisocial. Uh, I know. The this three and a half perform. second delay doesn't make that very easy. <laughs> so, um, so Weight Watchers, uh, weightwatchers.com has, and we'll put the link in the show notes, even though anybody that can find a podcast can find weightwatchers.com. Weightwatchers.com has an entire recipe section, all kinds of great healthy recipes, and uh, tells you what, you know, the stats on them and all that kind of thing. So, our first healthy recipe tip is just go to weightwatcher.com, look at their recipes, check it out, and start building your healthy recipe repertoire is my encouragement for you today. So I can tell you from personal experience, we've been doing, like I mentioned in the last show, we've been doing the Weight Watchers group, and we've eaten nothing but Weight Watchers recipes for the past two weeks, and they have some delicious food that you would not even believe is actually healthy on that website. Excellent. All right. Mark. Yes, sir. Contact us, us, us. <laughs> well, if you would like more information about this podcast and the people behind this podcast, the way to do that is at uh, elementop.com. That's our primary website. We're the production company behind the One Meal, One Workout podcast. You can find the One, we one Meal, One Workout forums over there, which is a collection of people just like you, people who are uh, on a journey to change their lives one meal at a time, one workout at a time. And uh, as, for example, the folks at Weight Watchers will tell you, the best way to have success in any life-changing, diet-changing sort of adventure is to have support. And so that's a good place for you to do that. Find your support and be supportive at uh, uh, elementop.com. Or also, if you want to get in touch with Aaron specifically, and you don't really care about the rest of us, you can do that at OneMealOneWorkout.com. And Aaron, tell them about that. You just Google One Meal One Workout, or you can Bing it if you want to Bing it. But I can I Yahoo Bing it? it? Can you what? Can I Yahoo it? You can. Don't web crawl it. Or okay. Alta Vista it. No Lycos. No, no Lycos. No Lycos it. Uh, so anyway, yeah, One Meal One Workout. Find us there. Uh, I, I'm trying to up my content there. Steve Cam from Nerd Fitness is throwing the gauntlet down on awesome content. So I'm trying to pick that gauntlet up and toss it a few feet further down the road. So I'm trying to put some content out on there to, to give you some extra stuff to get you through the week between the podcasts. So uh, check it out. Or as always, you can email me at, as my grandfather always said, double A-R-O-N at one meal one workout.com. Of course, he didn't say at one meal one workout.com, but he did say double A-R-O-N. So with that, Mark, Don, thank you for Here. your time and your energy. And remember, before starting any diet or exercise program, it's recommended that you consult your health care provider.